Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. So my friend dated two girls. Yeah. One named Kate and one named Edith. Yeah. Unfortunately, Kate found out and told Edith and they both broke up with him. So you know what I told him. What'd you say? Join me, everybody. You, you can, can have, have your Kate and Edith, too. <laughs> hey, Edith. Yeah. yeah did Christy. you know the person who discovered Pi was divorced by his wife, Edith, because of his obsession with math? No. Goes to show you that you can't have your Pi and Edith, too. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a two-parter. Oh, what, uh -oh. the third? Yeah. Hey, Edith. Yeah. So Archie Bunker's wife said, if you don't start drinking beer, I'm going to leave you. And that's right. You can have your keg and Edith, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The jokes were Edith-themed. That's so funny. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners in Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening is becoming very popular. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, Christy. Hello, Edith. Hello, gardeners. Hello, gardeners everywhere, even in Cyprus. We have someone listening in Cyprus. We have a, at least two Cypriot listeners, I think. Who doesn't love Cypriots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Edith. Yes. It's our second anniversary. Two years we've been doing this. Remember when we first sat down here? Yeah. And we were both so nervous to start. So nervous. And now yeah. we just like sit down and go, let's get down to business and do yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, when you do something all like, this is our what, our 89th? 88th episode. 88th. That's a good number. Two snowmen. If and you know what poker. 88 also means, Edith? No. 88 symbolizes fortune and good luck in Chinese culture. Oh, I did not know that. And in um, amateur radio, 88 is used as shorthand for love and kisses. In what kind of a shorthand? Amateur radio. Amateur radio? Yeah. Oh. 88, Edith. 88, Christy. And did you also know that... In Back to the Future, 88 is the speed in miles per hour that the DeLorean must obtain in order to travel back in time. I did not know that. No. No, I did not. Fascinating. It's also the dead man's hand in poker, which you know that. <gasps> yes. Folks, um, not only are we friends, yes. neighbors, gardens, and co-hosts, but we also like to play poker together. Uh-huh. But that was Wild Bill Hickok's hand, two aces and two eights. That's right. And he got shot in the back. Wow. In South Dakota. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I don't remember personally, but <laughs> unless you went into a DeLorean and went to eighty-eight miles an hour, went back in the past, uh huh, and you were there slinging right. beer behind the bar, right? No, I was not. But good conjunct doing things <laughs> okay. like that, and also, yes, Edith, it's your what? last episode. It's my last episode. Yes. So, friends who missed it. Last week, Edith announced that she's stepping down. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling fine. I'm just, you know, um, endings are really, really hard. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to choose. Yeah. You know, when life gets a little bit out of control. So. And now you can spend more time writing for the theater, And acting. like the politicians say, 
I'll have more time for the family. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but that always means something suspicious, don't it you does. think? But in my case, I do have a new granddaughter that I just do not spend enough time with. And no scandal. No scandal at all. No. And we're no. gonna we're still friends. We're still gonna hang out in each other's gardens and we're neighbors, talk. friends and neighbors, folks. Yeah, always and forever. And um uh, listeners can look forward to um, next week. We're going to have a Best of Edith podcast. And then after that, we're going to bring in some rolling guest hosts, which are friends of both mine and Edith's that like to garden and like to laugh and learn just like we do. So by rolling, you mean one and then another. You yeah. Mean, you know, what did you think I, I meant? Well, I don't know. Rolling. I just had in my mind a picture of people rolling down your stairs. <laughs> rolling people. Oh my goodness. And I know some of these people and they're fantastic. And our listeners may also recognize some of them from Actors on the Pod Place. That's right. Actors, gardeners from our pod place from the past. Yeah. A lot of theater people garden. Yeah. That's because we're unemployed so often. That's right. (laughs) And we need need to know that when we plant seeds that they grow. Yeah. It's helpful. Helpful mindset. Plus something that we have control over. Like when you go to an audition as an actor, you have no control. That's such a good point. It's so nice to plant something and watch it bloom and blossom. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating that we have more control over Japanese beetles than we do our theater careers. Oh, Christy, the (laughs) Japanese beetles. So have you had some yet? Well, I had the day before yesterday. Christy's the first day I saw them. And I put about 30 of them in the bucket. Ooh. And do you know what's interesting? In a, soap, a soapy water bucket. In a soapy water bucket. And watch Just them drown. Just by hand. Mm-hmm. I don't watch them. I, hopefully it's nice and fuzzy so I don't have to see them struggle. <laughs> I just don't like that. But... um Of course, they literally just got there. And what were they doing already? Around the grapevine? On the grapevine. Oh. Mating. Oh. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's an orgy. Honest to gosh, it's as if humans didn't pop out babies, but popped out teenagers. And they came out, <laughs> and then they went started making out with somebody, you know? Well, I thought what was so weird, and friends, this is a true story, that in our last episode, we were talking about we hadn't seen any yet. Mm-hmm. And then we were out on my front porch, we were kind of saying goodbye, uh-huh. and I was chatting with you, and I looked back at my handsome and handy husband, and he had a Japanese beetle on his shoulder. That was, and you came running over to the car. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But that's the only one I have seen. That's unbelievable. That's wonderful, Not actually. bad for the middle of July so yeah. far. And I don't know if it's because, one, I've applied Grub Gone for the first year, so was, which is an organic, um, natural uh, it grub. The, yeah, it kills it does the grubs something. with, it has mm-hmm. like a, what do you call it, like a bio, bionic. Mm. Bi- biologic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something, something something let's just call it a something something right and I so I applied that like kind of like around early mid-June uh-huh or if it's just because all oh, my neighbors have really crappy lawns you know <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> we'll know. see we'll see <laughs> I don't know what it is Hopefully. not you though because you don't have a lawn right? no I don't have a lawn but I... so what else is going on in your garden besides well, Japanese beetles I'm just going to remind you, it's dog days of summer now. Remember? Mm. we? I remember doing yes. dog days last year. Uh, yes. Because of the Constellation Sirius, the yeah. dog oh, stars yes. out. So um, 
dog days of summer, people think of uh, dogs lying around, but there's a lot going on in the garden. And there's a lot of, it's almost like a life and death going on out there. Yeah. Like I have, you know, little tiny cucumbers, zucchini, and spaghetti squash. I can see them. I've got blossoms on all of my tomatoes. I've got lots of tomatoes on my early girl. The peas are coming to a close. Mm. You know, it's they, they're a cool weather plant. The dill is going to seed. Wow. Which is great yeah. because dill seed. We yeah. just collect it and use it. And my onions are doing good. My onion circles, they're doing good. Oh, great. Yeah. What about yours? Well, um, I, things that are that are doing great in the dog days of summer. What's blooming right now? The roses are still blooming. Some of them are wrapping up, but they just, boy, it was a really nice rose year. Mm-hmm, it really was. pretty. My lavenders, all the blooming away. So I'm going to go out there and do a little harvest. I want to harvest maybe about a third of the blossoms. So then maybe I might get some more oh, coming you're down the road. In a way, it's like deadheading. Right, but I don't want to wait until the blossoms have faded. Right. I want to get these lavender buds in their prime so that I can use them for things like, you know. So you, are you going to dry them? Yeah, dry them and do potpourri and things like that. Do you that. make a lavender sugar? Oh, you know, I I have made things with lavender before. Yeah. But I have a friend who told me lavender sugar is unbelievably delicious. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, look look into that. Though, I will. That does sound good. Uh, the butterfly weed is blooming, which mm-hmm. is a very beautiful orange flower right next to the lavender. So that orange and purple looks so pretty. Daisies are blooming, and the echinacea, the purple cone flower, just started blooming in my yard, which is yeah. a, that's a sign of July to me. If there yeah. isn't one, I love that plant. Um, and uh, regarding the vegetable garden. Well, friends, I have to tell you this story, too, because um, those of you who've been listening to the podcast know that last year I had great troubles growing zucchini because every time I planted seed, it showed up as summer squash. Yeah, the yellow summer squash. This year, I was really sure that I was grabbing the right seed packet, and I winter sowed it, and I put it in the ground, and I was really, and I had flowers, and then Edith came by and looked at it, and we both looked at it, and you know what? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you planted yellow squash again. Again. Yeah. So, so on the good front is that I had wonderful summer squash for at dinner last night, but I had to go in search of a zucchini, and I wanted to get a zucchini plant. Yeah. And I found one. I can't believe I found a really spindly, a very almost yellow looking zucchini yeah. plant. But I planted it and I stuck it in the ground, and it's alive. Christy, so. Christy, I did the same thing. You know what? I forgot. I forgot to plant any kind of a sauce tomato, any kind of aroma. Oh, yeah. I just totally forgot. So I went and I found two. And you're just like July little seedlings. They were spindly and weak looking. I planted them both and they're doing okay, it looks like. They're probably happy they're in the earth. Probably way happier. So yeah. we'll see what happens with this little zucchini plant. But I kind of think like, oh my gosh, if that turns out to be a summer squash, like if it was mislabeled <laughs> at the nursery, I'm going to lose it. But all I can think of is like, I must have had the wrong seeds. The, the, the seed packet must be wrong somehow. It, Christy, that that's entirely possible. I mean, it's, yeah, sure. For one thing, you can't tell from the seeds. They, they all look, look exactly, exactly alike. Yeah. yeah. Well, my tomatoes are looking great. In fact, I even have had some red tomatoes. Oh, you ate them? Yeah, my oh. 4th of July tomato, Fourth of July. Well, so it's yeah. a little late, but still I got, and they're about maybe the size of of a golf ball, Yeah, but they were so good. We had yeah. them on eggs this morning. They were awesome. Um, and uh, my sunflowers started blooming. Oh, good. Except what? The squirrels came and nipped the heads off them already. Oh, no. They weren't even to seed. Oh. 
Like God. they're like so stupid of them. <laughs> if they just would have waited, yeah, you know, they yeah. could have had some but delicious we, seeds. But maybe they got they got too excited. Hmm. Um, remember when we planted? I gave you uh, we planted celery in March. Yeah, and um, all yours in the winter sewing jacket died. Yes, and mine all died but one. Yeah. Well, my little celery is still alive. I planted it between two butternut squash, hoping that the squash can give it some shade. Oh, smart. But Edith, I swear to God, it's a, it's green, it's alive, but it's not getting any bigger. It's about the size, maybe the size of a spool of thread. Wow. So it's really super tiny. Well, Christy, some of the seedlings that I planted myself, the peppers, uh-huh. are also tiny still. They're mm. just not, but I have, I'm going to make myself have patience. And mm. see if they're going to come and and get bigger. Yeah. So we, you have. I guess we have no choice, right? No. You're right. It's either like things. It's like a war out there. Things are thriving, or they are. Yeah. Struggling in July, and um, I also wanted to say that. Um, oh, um, Edith also went out there, and we discovered that my cauliflower was full of aphids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really bad. So this is what I did, Edith. Is that first of all, I. Took my um, my hose attachment, yeah, and I put it to the, the 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 version of it that is a big like comes out like a fan, uh huh, and it's a really hard spray. Yeah, and I just sprayed the heck out of it. I did that on all sides, really, really, really hard. Good, so I could knock off the aphids. Good, I did that with my broccoli too, and then I sprayed some neem oil on it. And I also took off all the really, really bad leaves. Yeah, yeah. And the really crappy little cauliflower that was in the middle. Of that oh. So I took that out of that one plant, hoping that, well, maybe because just like broccoli, I can get little baby ones, right? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. So we'll yeah. kind of see what happens with them. I've never gotten a baby on a cauliflower. Oh, interesting. I never have. But then I always harvest it at the very end of the season. It'll be interesting. Make sure that you let our listeners know if that worked. Okay, because that's interesting. Well, yeah, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed on cauliflower. Yeah. So that's our gardens this week, huh? Yep. It's uh, really hot, really a lot of work, and we have not had rain, so it's an everyday water situation. Water, water, water. Yeah. And friends, if there are terms or phrases that you don't know what the heck we're talking about, well, please just go to our website and look up the ever funny and humorous Upside Down Dictionary at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or read a book and expand your vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, we have fun stuff on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. 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 We almost forgot about Instagram. Oh, and now, this is really super cool. So now, Edith, this is going to be... The premiere of another old woman who used to live in a shoe. And we kind of ended her story. So it's, it's a, the premiere, but it's also the, it's the end of the, it's the arc. The arc, the is arc of her story. We've done nine of them over yeah. the last two, two years. years. And yeah. the garden party had a sneak peek at this. And garden party are people who throw us a couple bucks each month so we mm-hmm. can continue to do the podcast. But the whole, the, the general public has yeah. not had a chance to hear it yet. Here it is, general public. General General public. (laughs) General public. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Old woman here. Yeah, the one that used to live in a shoe but has since married Jack Spratt, and now me and all my kids are living in a house. 
It's the season to be grateful. And that I am. Me and the kids have good shelter. I grow a garden every year now. I don't smoke anymore. Everything is handy dandy, super duper. Just great. Except for one thing. I don't have a name. I think I'd like a name. Mary Mary Quite Contrary has a name. The same name twice, in fact. Mary Mary. Old Mother Hubbard's first name is Imogene. Who knew? Imogene Hubbard. Solid name. So I thought, I don't have a name, so why don't I give myself a name? So I got this book on names. Mm, let's see. In honor of Imogene, maybe I'll give myself a name that begins with the letter I. Ida. Well, that's pretty. Ida, old woman. No. I'm a... I'm an old woman. No. Everyone would just think I'm describing myself. Moving on. Here's a chapter on virtue names. Oh, I'd like the sound of that. Prudence, mercy, chastity, chastity old woman. It sounds like I'm commanding myself. Chastity, old woman. I'm afraid that ship has long sailed. Let's look at famous people's kids' names. Hmm. Bob Geldof gave his first child the name Fifi Trixie Bell. Whoa. She probably calls him Daddy Friggin' Idiot. Beyonce named one of her kids Blue Ivy. Lucky kid. She could have been named the Blue Suede Shoes, a blue man group. Maybe I'll give myself the name Blue. Blue Old Woman. No, not good. Sounds like I froze to death and haven't thought out yet. Oh, here's a chapter on Native American names. It says Native Americans have a fluid naming tradition. They can earn new names. Native American children are given names that suit their personalities. If a name is given and proves to be a bad fit, the child's name is changed. Some people are like lakes. They change very little during their lifetime. Others are like rivers that may change dramatically as they grow older. For these people, if a name doesn't fit anymore, they get a new name from their families or society. This naming tradition helps to motivate the individual to grow throughout life. So this explains why Native Americans have names like Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, and Fire Dreamer Who Farms by the River. Fire Dreamer Who Farms by the River. That sounds a bit like me. I garden in my backyard. Wait, I got it. I know my name now. I am an old woman. I garden. So I am from now on old woman who gardens in her backyard. This is a name that allows me to grow throughout my life. Am I getting sappy? Is this really who I am? I guess so.
I'm not apologizing for it. Stay grateful, everybody. Thank you, Billy McBride. Thank you, Edith, for the old woman who used to live in a shoe, who now is known as the old woman who gardens. <laughs> That's right. <funny. laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> and you know why you don't remember? Because, friends, there are things we forget to tell you. We forget stuff all the time. And in honor of our second anniversary, we kind of looked back over the last year um, over our pop plays and realized, oh, we forgot to tell people that. We forgot to tell people this. And in fact, I've even had people come up to me, Edith, over yeah. the last year and said, hey, you know when you did that episode, you didn't mention X, Y, Z. And I oh. went, oh, my God, oh, I got to make sure we yeah. bring that back around. So here is a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That we forgot to tell you over the last year. We had time to think about it. I mean, we don't have a script when we come down here in this basement. We just have like a, a loose, loosey-goosey outline. So here we go. We are making up for things we forgot. Christy, go. Well, a big one we forgot to tell people was last year in episode 55, which was, which was called What's Wrong With My Tomatoes? Uh-huh. We went through all the things that could happen to somebody's tomatoes, uh-huh. but you know, Edith... We forgot to talk about verticillium wilt. Oh, no. How do you forget verticillium wilt, Christy? <laughs> well, I tell you, verticillium wilt, friends, is a sneaky and devastating tomato wilt. It begins with kind of sad, wilted-looking leaves that, in the heat of the day, um, will look terrible. and But they'll kind of perk up later on. But it progresses to complete wilting and loss of the plant. Um, It's caused by a fungi that contaminate the root of the plant and block water and nutrients, and there is no way to treat it. Unless you get a plant Mm -hmm. that is a hybrid plant that Mm -hmm. is resistant to verticillium wilt like I'm doing right now. So when the plant dies from it, you have to remove it completely and destroy it. And that was what happened to my Cindy Brady last year yeah, and, and by my destroying Alice it, tomato plant. Yeah. By destroying it, we do not mean put it in your compost. Get it in the garbage. Yeah. Get it out Throw of your it away. area. And if so if you start seeing yellow blotches on the lower leaves, as the blotch spreads, the veins and the leaves will turn brown. And when the leaves turn brown, they fall off. And the disease progresses up until it's over. Um and uh, we hope that nobody gets it. The best cure for it is to get a plant that is resistant to it. And it would the tag, it was a hybrid, and the tag mm-hmm. would have a V on it, right? For verticillium weld. Yeah, that means it's resistant. And that's why I'm doing hybrids in my yard for the next three years, so I could that fungi will mm-hmm. give up and go someplace else. Yeah, good, good. My first thing is just... I don't know if we ever said this, but you calling the seed company, almost any seed company, as a resource. Oh, that's a great idea. If you, for example, I got uh, five raspberry, they look like sticks, you know, bare root raspberries. They look like you have five sticks in the mail. I planted them. Four of them are alive and one is not. And I called the Johnny Selected Seeds and I told them that they are actually reimbursing me for the dead um the dead raspberry nice not only that but you can ask them specifically here's where i live not just your zone but here's where i live what hybrid is best for me 
and they will help you. They know. I think that's true for a botanical interest also, because mm-hmm. when we had Judy Seaborn on as a guest, she said her main goal in life is just to try to educate people. I think a lot of seed companies, and if, if they're not, if they don't take the time to talk to you, maybe find another place to get your seeds. Yeah, and let's be honest, you know, probably, you know, selling seeds to the home gardener is not like the most lucrative business. <laughs> I mean, they must have other reasons. Yes. You know, they're not living. That's a good point. They're not Christy. living in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> yes. I'll have to ask Judy, but I'm going to guess not. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, one thing I we forgot to mention, and this has to do with episode 60, which was about uh, repurposing things for the garden. Yeah. And also, even just last week, Edith, which was episode 87, which was about how to DIY in your garden. Yeah. I keep forgetting to tell people about a great way to have a container plant, and that is the shoe container vertical garden. So you know how, Edith, you can buy a shoe organizer? Yeah. And are, what, what are they made out of? Fabric. Okay, uh-huh. Usually they're made out of fabric. They have a bunch of little pockets in them. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on vertical planting bags, then this is a great alternative because the shoe organizer is great because you can put it where you have the best sun oh. and the best con- conditions, um, the best exposure. You could put it on, the, on, on your deck or on the side of a shed. Um, all you need is a shoe organizer and maybe you might need a like a pole, like a curtain rod, or maybe some wood to mm-hmm. adhere it to. Um, but choose a location that is gets a lot of sun, at least six to eight hours. Attach the strong pole or the curtain rod to the side of it and use hooks to hang up the shoe organizer. And check for drainage by pouring a little bit of water into each pocket. And if it drains freely, then go ahead and start adding some soil and plant. But if it doesn't, just poke a couple holes in it. You know what would be so pretty are trailing things like strawberries. Oh, yes, yeah, strawberries would be so would, pretty. Oh, that'd be so pretty coming out of there. You could plant seeds in it. You could plant transplants in it. Oh, you wow. could do you could do a whole salad wall or a whole floral floral, or you could mix them up together. Um, just make sure that you keep the plants moist. Uh-huh. Shout out to moist. And water slowly so that the soil doesn't come out oh. of the little pocket that it's in. You know, for a for a salad wall, would they be also a little shaded at times? Yeah, that's probably a good point. Yeah, and which you can always move it for which we also want with lettuce. Yeah, and you could right? always just move it too. Yeah, as as you know, as we get closer sure. to the sun, as we travel around it, you could just pick it up and move it to another spot. That's great. So, I, so shoe organizer, shoe organizer. You know, I don't remember when it was, but we had a difference of opinion on ornamental grasses, which you love. Yes. And I said, <laughs> I have ornamental grass news, but I we ran out of time. And I said, I'll tell you next week. I never told anybody. I yeah. found it. Here's my news. Oh, okay. Okay. Nevada is the first state in the U.S. to ban ornamental grass for you. Uh, he bans it in places nobody ever walks on, like street medians, housing developments, office park. It, it The bill only applies to residents in southern Nevada. The grass ban will begin, get this, in 2027. Okay. Why does it take that long? Yeah. Everybody has to get mentally prepared. Prepared for the laws yeah. of ornamental grasses. So why are they banning it? Because of water. Because of how oh. much water they use. It says here that 
The ban will eliminate about 40% of the grass in the region. The, the Nevada Water Authority estimates there are almost eight square miles of ornamental grass, and this will save a lot of water. Interesting. In a place like, in a desert, that's a really smart move. Well, that's true for a lot of plants. That's true for a lot Not of plants. Not just ornamental. There are right. some ornamental grasses that are xeriscapic, and by mm -hmm. that we mean very little water. But if you're putting it on a like a strip and a medium, mm -hmm. um, that needs cactus in Nevada. That's what they're going to do. I think that's yeah. exactly what they're going to do. My question is, why just don't they just get a benevolent dictator and hurry, speed this up? 2027, that's ridiculous. Because people got to go to counseling classes, Edith. Well, that's right, that's right. They got to, they, they're the grieving process yes. of it, you know. Yes. It's, it's a private journey for everybody. Yes, I'm being insensitive again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, in episode 78, Edith, yes. we had an episode called Easy to Grow. So these yep. are all we listed all these great things that were easy to grow. You know what we forgot to mention? No. Kale. Okay, now rub it in. I have planted kale, Christy, and it didn't come up. This year. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, in theory, kale, friends, is supposed to be very easy to grow. It's very hardy, and it grows nice in cool temperatures. And actually, the cool temperature gives it a sweeter flavor. So it's a, it's frost-hardy. No. Um, it only needs five days to germinate. And it doesn't mind the shade either. It can grow in three hours of sunlight. Christy, this leads right into one of my things that I forgot to say. I know why. Now I know why my kale didn't make it. It Not so much the temperature of the air, but the soil was too hot for germination for kale. Oh, see? That's the thing. So, folks, that's an important thing to test out or find out what is the germination point, the heat point of the soil. Great point. It, and there are things like soil thermometers, but I don't have one of those. Do you? No, I don't have one of those. It's not like you can like stick your, like for water, you can always just stick your finger mm -hmm. in it and you would know. Mm -hmm. But well, also, I planted it in a place I had not mulched, which is my stupid. Mm. That's just dumb, you know? Well, just for folks who are still looking for some easy things to grow, you know, you can, for a fall or a winter harvest, you can plant kale six to eight weeks before the first fall frost. I'm doing another planting. I love kale. So our our first fall frost is usually in October. So that means uh -huh. next month we could yeah. be planting some kale. Yep. And friends, if you live in zones eight, nine, or 10, you can plant kale through the fall and the winter. Yeah. Sometimes it overwinters. Yeah. Up next, everybody, a brand new antelope Tuomi. Yay! Welcome to Antelope Tuomi's Feed and Poetry Store. May I help you? I'm just going to get some basil seeds and mulch. And honestly, I cannot stay for the poetry reading. But it's mandatory. And we're out of seeds and mulch. Oh, man. Supply issues, climate change, the drought. Yes, all those things are happening and affecting all of us. I know. So I'm not staying. I'm going to go see a therapist. You're not staying to hear my new poem? No, I am not. You're going to make me cry. Is that what you want? <coughs> oh, jeez. Please stop. I'll stay. Thank you. The poetry reading will now commence. Hello. 
My name is Antelope Tuome, the poet laureate of Wyoming. My new poem is entitled, Why I Started Gardening. All over the windy state I did meander, hitching rise to Chugwater, to Casper, even to Lander. I stood in the bars and saloons of Wyoming, a young and innocent antelope spontaneously homing. They just stared at me, ten bikers, one tooth. As I quoted from Keats, truth is beauty, beauty truth. Yes, I, the urchin unto whom in that smoked and darked room, read from my heart, offered my soul in rhymes, and was answered with a barrage of quadrangled cocktail limes that flew by my head as did empty bottles of bud and other accoutrements and bits of boozy crud, playing to a drunken throng of tattooed rubes, reading sonnets as they demanded, show us your boobs. So bruised was my soul, my heart it was hardening, which led me to find solace in the joys of gardening. Today the world seems askew, awry, not at all, right? Might I suggest planting something and then sitting tight? In a yard, on a balcony, or community plot. Among the plants just be and see what you've begot. A miracle will happen from land or flower pot. A bean, a beet, a blue forget-me-not. If you're in the midst of existential dread, better work in a garden, get out of your head. So rather than being a long-term fretter, grow something, my friends, for it makes the world a little better. Okay, now I'm openly sobbing. I loved it. Encore! Encore! In real life, dear chicken poop-toting, wheelbarrow-scooching, existential dread-having woman, gardening is the encore. Oh my gourd! You're right! Gardening is the encore! The store is closing. Go home, gardeners, poetry lovers, and those who snuck in because they needed to use the restroom. Go home and always be lovely. We're back. And Christy, I have to say, I love your earnest character. <laughs> oh, and Antelope Tuomi. Like, she tries so hard to go get her stuff done. Yeah. And then she just caves. Well, you know, Antelope Tuomi always says, always be lovely. Always be lovely. That's kind of yeah. a nice sentiment. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that pod play with us, Edith. That's a big fan favorite. Oh, good. It's a fan favorite of mine because you have that wonderful chicken poop toting character. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, that's my next, what I forgot. What? I'm always talking about poop tea, and uh-huh. I always talk about horse manure, using uh-huh. it. Poop tea, one sentence, can be also done with cow manure or chicken poop. That's important to say. It is important, I thought. Yeah. Okay. And it's said. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, uh, we had an episode 83 just recently where we talked about lawns and lawns alternatives. Mm-hmm. And this is where somebody came out to me and said, hey, Christy, I really enjoyed that episode and I kept waiting for you to talk about ways to get rid of your lawn and you folks never did and I went oh shoot I had that on my list like if you have a lawn but you want to get rid of it to do something alternative how do you actually practically eat it how can you get rid of it Mm -hmm. and I have three organic ways to get rid of your lawn okay 
The first one is the hard one. Dig it up. Dig it up by hand. That's what I did. I've done, I do chunks at a time as I'm slowly scooping away my lawn. Uh, It's, it's, it's not the best job, but if you soak the ground, it's really good to do in the spring. Yes. Just soak the crap out of it. And then, you know, pop in some nice music or a book on tape or something like that and just enjoy your Saturday and stay in the shade. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Another way to do it is to do a very deep rototill. And I've done that before too. Well, the first time we did it, um, my handsome and handy husband went all the way to the big box store and rented a rototiller and brought that in. And that's where most of my side flower gardens came from was mm-hmm. him rototilling all that grass up. And sure, the grass came back a little bit, but if you just kind of pull it mm-hmm. over the years, it was mm-hmm. eventually it was all gone. And the grass actually provides an interesting fertilizer for the rototill. Oh, good. But I tell you, it was hard, hard, hard work. So the second time I needed it done, when I did the front yard, uh, I hired somebody and they didn't have the, they had something that was 10 times more powerful than the little rototillers you can get at the big box stores. This was a beast. Yeah. Took him 20 minutes and he just ripped everything up and it was awesome. Wow. So if you have big chunks to do, my suggestion is to hire somebody with Uh a big, powerful rototiller. And then the patient way to do it is to smother it. Mm, yeah. And sometimes people will smother with plastic. Mm-hmm, black plastic mm-hmm. that collects all the heat. Or cardboard. Uh-huh. But I have found through my research that people really swear by the newspaper method. Mm-hmm. Ten layers of newspaper and cover it with mulch. And therefore, the newspaper will degrade, biodegrade, Sooner than the cardboard will, but it will still kill the grass. It takes a while. Yeah. It could, it takes for sure at least one spring, summer, fall. Yeah. Don't you think, Edith? Yeah, I do. And it might even, depending upon the weather conditions, Mm -hmm. might even take, it could even take longer. But you could get a good, you could get the upper hand on the grass with 10 sheets of newspaper and mulch. Good. That's good, Christy. Um... I have kind of a general rule that this is general kind of rule. A, Sorry, <laughs> she keeps saluting. General, see, general rule. General update. Salute it. General public. Um, <laughs> major upset. Salute. Okay. Um, listen to this. If if you're if you have a plant that has a blossom, if the vegetable has a blossom, like squash, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, melons, mm-hmm. it needs full sun. Just a general rule. However, veggies that grow underground do well in the shade. That makes all sense. Doesn't that make total? And I've yeah. never heard that put that way before. That's nice. Isn't that nice? It's it's just sort of like it's nice to have some of those little rules like uh-huh. leaves of three, let them be, or yes, the nose, not the to- no, the toes, not the nose. Yes. Water the toes, not the nose. Yes. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay, that's it for that one. <laughs> well. um... When we also talked about in episode 78, things that were easy to grow, uh-huh. we forgot to mention a very easy, lovely little flower to grow, which is the black-eyed Susan. The pretty one, yeah. And this is a plant that is native to North America. It's one of the most popular wildflowers to grow. It's part of the aster family. It's meant to symbolize justice. 
And you know, it always makes me think of the pioneer days. Yes. You know what I mean? Black-eyed Susan, where they actually would have called somebody that. Well, you know, uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's cat was called Black-eyed Susan. I did not know that. Oh, is she dead? Yeah. <laughs> She's locked up. I think her cat's dead, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have no proof. <laughs> I was just thinking of... Our big thing about who was the actor? We kept saying he was dead and he was hot. Oh, uh, Paul Schofield. Paul Schofield. Okay. So anyway, yeah. I, that was just a what I just took a detour okay. for no apparent reason. Well, um, the one of the reasons why I want to mention how easy black eyed Susans are to grow is because they um, they they grow very easily. They prefer full sun, but they don't mind a little shade. They um, they like to be in moist, well drained soil, but they're okay if you you know neglect them. Mm -hmm. I've had great success winter sowing them. Um, but I gotta tell you this, Edith, is that I almost talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago in episode eighty six when we talked about our frustrations in the garden. Uh huh. So, like your kale, easy to grow, but can be frustrating. Um, my black-eyed Susans for the past few years have been very susceptible to a pottery mildew. Ugh. And the leaves turn brown. It gets all twisted. And I have, they're all gone. All of my oh, black-eyed no. Susans. I don't have a single one in my yard this Okay, year. so the pottery mildew didn't spread to other flowers? Um, maybe the other flowers don't mind it so much. Wow. Interesting. But I'm the, sorry but about the, that. But the but the yeah, the little black eyed Susan is susceptible to it. So Oh, okay. So boo. Boo indeed. So you know what I did? Um, you know, gardeners, we work so, so, so hard to grow things and then you have things now. How do you store them? I found out just from doing a little bit of research and I I've been storing a lot of things completely wrong. Oh. Yeah. Like asparagus. I just put it in the vegetable crisper. The best way to store asparagus is you place the spears upright in an open container in about an inch of water. Like a flower. Like a flower. Yeah. I had no... You cover it with a produce bag. I had no idea. Like basil. Like basil. That stays basil fresh should, forever. Basil shouldn't be in the refrigerator either. You should put right. it in a little cup of water. Like on, your counter, on your counter. And oh flower. my gosh, it'll stay fresh for such a long time. I have a list of things to never refrigerate. Never. Tomatoes, potatoes, onions, garlic, shallots. What about cut onions? I refrigerate cut onions. Yeah, I do that yeah, too. I do but that the too. rest, I, I have like a little, I don't know what mm -hmm. you want to call it, but I have like a little, in my pantry, I have a little thing where I put potatoes, onions, and garlic. See, I didn't even know that. But this is interesting too. Cherry tomatoes are the only variety that tend to stand up to time in the fridge without turning mushy or mealy too quickly. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know why. Why does that make sense? I don't know because I, I was actually, just being agreeable. I what? don't put I don't put tomatoes in the refrigerator, but I do I do put cherry tomatoes in the refrigerator for some reason. I don't know. Wow. Why. Christy, remember your box of horrible tomatoes in the attic? Yes, the attic that I forgot tomatoes? about them. You know what we never told people because I never knew it and maybe you didn't either. The ex okay. Once you put them in a box, separating them with paper, at 55 degrees, they will take 25 to 28 days to turn from green tomatoes to red tomatoes. Mm. At 65 to 70 degrees, it takes two weeks. Wow. I didn't know there was a math. Of course there is, but I didn't know there was a mathematical And that could be why when I, in the, in like in October, when uh -huh. I put boxes out there, I would, I was still had some in December. Oh yeah. I had red tomatoes. it's cold up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. 
Interesting. Well, that's good to tell people. That's good, huh? That's good news. Ooh, ooh. I, I, we've said how um, cabbage can stay for months and months. Uh-huh. Cauliflower can stay for two to three weeks in the fridge, but do not wash it first. Oh. I never knew that. Oh, no. I have to wash my cauliflower. Before you store it? Yes. It's always full of bugs. Well, can't you like, oh, uh, you don't want the bugs flying around. No. Basically. You know, they they go into cold storage. Bugs like go into, what is okay. it called? Anyway, you know you. what it reminded me of at the grocery store? When they constantly water the vegetables oh, to make them heavier. Oh, yeah, the little misters. They're shortening the life of that. They're oh. shortening the life of it as well. Oh. Don't wash it because of the water. Oh. You want to keep it dry. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Dang you, grocery stores. Well, the last thing I want to share, well, the things that we forgot to tell you, was I keep forgetting to tell people an update on my geranium that I overwintered. Yeah. And because last year I did not put them in the attic, I put them in the garage and I watered them occasionally uh-huh. and they all died. Yeah. And this year I put them in the attic. Smarter. And I had a timer, a calendar reminder, so I would go up there and water them every month. And I'm happy to say all five of the plants made it. Uh huh. They're all alive, but I did make one mistake with them. What? And that is that when I set them outside to start to, um, Harden them off to get yeah, used to that. Yeah. I didn't do a very good job at it, Edith, and I just kind of set them out there and forgot about it. Okay. So all the leaves that were on them all got sun scald and fell off. Oh. But the plant was still alive. It just made new leaves that were tough and resistant to the sun. And so I finally, here it is, July, I finally have blooms on it. Mm-hmm. I took them out in May. Two months later, I have blooms. I would have had earlier blooms if I would have just slowly acclimated which is, the geranium. Which, is, which, is, which I had the time to do. And I have to say, the geraniums are absolutely gorgeous. More beautiful than they were last year when, mm. I, when I bought them. So this overwintering geranium thing, it really, really works. And I hope people will overwinter their geraniums this year. Yeah. And don't put them outside in the cold attic. I mean, the cold... Don't put them outside in the cold garage. And no, don't do that. Because, you know, there might be chain supply. Supply chain issues with uraniums next year. So keep your own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know what's really interesting, Edith, is that I have a whole list of other things uh-huh. that we forgot to tell people. But we I, we have to do them another time. Do another time. There's always time, Christy. Perfect. Christy. Edith. Christy. The sun is starting to dip. I wonder what time it is. What time is it? I think it's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Yay. You have a letter? Huh? Do you have a letter? Do you have a letter? Yes. Yeah, I have a letter. Should I read the letter? Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, Edith. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. You have a letter there? Who's that letter from? This is from Joan. Yeah, we're not doing that letter this week. Oh, no. Yeah, I forgot. I have a different letter for you. Oh. It just starts. Okay. What a crazy, scary, beautiful two years and an amazing, bright thing that came out of this wild and crazy world. Upside down tulips. You ladies made us laugh, learn, and sometimes cringe, LOL. Anything slug, I can't take it. Anything slug? Who is that from? Yep. I'm Edith's daughter. Oh, my God. I am so lucky. (laughs) Oh, come on. Gretchen? I have learned everything I know from my mom when it comes to gardening. I have been so blessed for the opportunity to have these invaluable skills, not to mention the value of hard work. Thank you for a lifetime of fresh, amazing vegetables and fruits and everything, Mom. 
I am so lucky. P.S. She does all the work. Ich liebe dich mehr, ja. Ich liebe dich mehr. I that love means you I more. love you more. That's our thing. We do that. Oh, She my goes God. on. I am fortunate to have these episodes. Sorry, this is really getting me eaten. Oh, Christy. She says, I'm so fortunate to have these episodes and my mom's beautiful voice at my fingertips forever. Oh. For that and everything else, Upside Down Tulips brought me. Thank you. Christy and Mark, thank you so much for the hard work and amazing creation. I love you, Mom, and I can't wait for your next project. I am the proudest daughter of the coolest mom. Wow. Gretchen. Wow. What a good daughter. Yeah. What a great writer. Hello. You, where'd she get that from? Oh, my God. That's good, isn't it? And I just love the fact oh, that so when thoughtful. she says that about, like, she, your family will have these episodes forever, Edith. Wow. That, and your that granddaughter is, will. And oh, that, you that's know, really I never beautiful. even thought of that. I hadn't either. That's why it kind of gets me. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to miss you, Edith. Christy, before, before you get any more emotional, I have something emotional to say. So I have a friend who is going to die on Wednesday. Mm. She's using the medical aid in dying. So I thought that I would send her a joke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Here's the joke. Okay. Okay. I want you to laugh because I don't want you to cry. You come from dust and you return to dust. That's why I don't dust. It could be someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, isn't that is it? Good. <laughs> and now you're not crying, you're laughing. Good. <laughs> There's a slight shift in the atmosphere. Uh-oh, something philosophical this way comes. Christy has inspiration. Edith, when I saw this, I couldn't help but think of you and our friendship. This is by Nishan Panwar, who is just a 25-year-old writer from India oh. who has a habit of posting profound thoughts and insights on his various social media channels. Oh, wow. He says, Friends are the flowers in the garden of life, beginning with a seed of trust, nurtured with laughter and tears, growing into loyalty and love. Oh, we've had all that just in this episode, Christy. Yeah. And we'll keep doing it. Of course. Yes, we will. Yeah. And after this, let's go walk around in my garden. Always. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, folks, General, we're saluting. Thanks for listening. <laughs> General, thanks for listening. General, thanks. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montreux Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you please hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts? We absolutely have to thank Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, just go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at upsidedowntulips.com. Huge thanks to the kindness and talent of our friend, Billy McBride. And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. A special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Join us in two weeks for the best of Edith. I had nothing to do with that, folks. She's going to do all of that. Now, don't forget. You're absolved, Edith. I'll be surprised. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. <laughs>
888 Edith. Aw. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses, 88.